You know, guys, as we get prepared for today's episode, where we look back at some of the things that we've been right about and wrong about for this entire season, one thing I've never, ever, ever been wrong about. Mina, do you know what it is? I feel like you're about to tell me. Oh, bro. Let me tell you. I have never once in my life been wrong about the promo code TJW10, saving uh, you 10% on your order when you go to ElmontYouthSoccer.com. Did you know that? Works. You know how crazy that always is? Always works. 100% efficacy rate when you go to ElmontYouthSoccer.com and enter the promo code TJW10. It always, always, always saves you 10% on your order. But brethren, what is ElmontYouthSoccer.com? It's literally paradise if you've ever wanted to buy a jersey. And you know paradise. You just spent the last three weeks, (laughs) feels like years, in paradise. You come back to reality and we have paradise awaiting and it's ElmontYouthSoccer.com. The greatest Mm. website known to men. And I tell you this as the person who can also bring you the fact that TJW Bites, the fastest growing hashtag in the history of the internet. Like there are just some (laughs) things that are undeniable truths. This is one of them. Guys, if you want to start building your very own Jersey Wall collection, start today. Start right now. Click the link in our description. Go to ElmontYouthSoccer.com and enter the promo code TJW10 at checkout to save 10% on your order. Guys, with that, today, we're going to look back at this season, see where we were right and see where we were wrong. We hope you enjoy. I've waited so many weeks to say this again, but ladies and gentlemen, hold on to your chairs. (laughs) The Iron Pharaoh is back. Mina, welcome back to the show. Around TJW applause. Here we go. Brethren, what's up, man? Where the hell have you been? God. I've been in my hometown, man. Been been back in Egypt. I mean, I think that's, I've said that so many times this year, specifically. You have. Yeah, I have. I've been listening to the. To, I had to listen back to episodes we did all the way from from the start of uh, of last summer to see what did we predict and what did we get right and wrong, and I feel like for half of them you were in Egypt for. I feel like that's true. Like we did so many episodes that were like 11 p.m. my time, 10 yep. p.m. my time, just because it's like listen, TJW doesn't take a break. But I mean, no, these I are the demands. TJW, yeah. TJW is a whole didn't. lot. Nathan Santos doesn't. Nathan Santos is here. We will figure this out. TJW will carry on. Brethren, for you to miss like three whole weeks of the podcast, it better be because you got a damn good reason. So I want to hear every single detail in summary. And I'm sure the people do as well. Telling us, bro, how the hell was your trip? Yeah. This is one of those like funny things in uh, 58 seconds recap of all of Exactly. I don't think I can do that. No, by the way, no one makes a mistake in that. He says Robin went to Argentina instead of Brazil. He says Brazil. No, he says Brazil instead of Argentina. Oh, sorry. Yeah, he says Brazil instead of Argentina. And that was the best take they got him 100% sure. They were like, all right, he's like, like, I'm I'm never going to do better than that. It's fine. Yeah, forget the continuity. They didn't do one of the like voiceovers where he he mouths Brazil, but says Argentina. Yeah. When that happens. Or he just did it in post where they just. They could have just shown a flashback of all those things, then had yeah. him recorded in post, reading from a script as fast as he could. But whatever, listen, TJW, you know, the producer here, Master Chef Nate, we can't all be Master Chef Nate, right? Brethren, speaking of Master Chef Nate, I'm going to tell you about the greatest meal I ever cooked in my entire life. After you tell me about your damn Egypt trip. It tell was me amazing. about it, man. It was absolutely amazing. So for those who don't know, I spent the last month in Egypt and I took my lovely girlfriend, Daria, and her family joined us for two weeks of that trip. And yeah. it was honestly, it was amazing. Like 
every single part of it. We had a week before they arrived where uh, it was Ramadan Eid. So okay. the whole country was celebrating for a week. They, they, right. Everybody had a stat holiday for literally like six days. Um, wow. So it was it was just sick just being there and the, the country was full of nightlife and stuff and vibes were amazing. And then we went to a Nile cruise from Luxor to Aswan. Saw all of the ancient stuff we needed to see. It was really hot, but honestly, Luxor we were in lucky. Vegas. You went from Vegas all the way to that's a hell of a yeah, boat sure ride. I know the Luxor. One. That's yeah. the that's the one that's that people the 7, think of. Thousand year old one. Yeah, yeah. Of the Luxor <laughs> Hotel in Las Vegas. Wow, what a trip that must have been, bro. <laughs> you sound so American right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, no offense yeah. to our American listeners. I'm no, sure of course not, bro. They're here for it. We love. Thought you. the same thing. <laughs> yeah, that's um, why I did that. To just yeah, it was in. it was sick, bro. I saw Amit on some of the temples. Wow! Shout out to and what did, uh, what anybody did watching? Yeah, I was just gonna say, what did she do? Did you piss her off? Saw saw all of them ones, and I was like, damn, Disney taught me more than my uh, than my history teachers in Egypt did. Honestly, um, bro, I mean, that's, no that's our bro science, right? Yeah, yeah. But it is what it is. Then we went to Cairo, saw the pyramids saw mm-hmm. uh the museums and the churches and then i had a wedding my cousin's wedding which had yep. like two thousand people in it just by the way which is preposterous who bro i don't know bro. i don't know how a thousand because usually it's like 50 50 split i don't know a thousand people that i want anymore no, I, to be honest I, just, no kid ever under like any circumstances homes. i don't i don't yeah, like, know who Do was know there a thousand people no i honestly like i couldn't I imagine I, I inviting that many people I don't think I've Why met would... a thousand people in my lifetime. I'm I'm 24 years old. I don't think I've met a thousand people. So what's what's the protocol for Egyptian weddings? Because you've been to some banging weddings. Is it literally just like you put up flyers like a, like a missing dog? You just put them around your community oh, okay. saying, so, "All right, we got a wedding. Like everybody, come on over." Because Christ, like for two thousand people to come over. Yeah, it's insane. Usually Egyptian. Weddings Imagine if are it was like in your backyard. Six to seven nice hundred people. Party. What backyard? <laughs> I don't know, man. Anything with with two thousand people in it, it doesn't matter if you have football fields full; it'll still feel like like it's too cramped. Yeah. So ultimately, like, doesn't even matter, bro. Two, that's too many. I can't. I, can't I cannot in my head visualize how many people that is. I can't invite two. And I've been to concerts just off the street events. to McDonald's for the cheapest thing they have. That's yeah, for free. That's crazy. No. So yeah, it was a it was a hell of a night, but too way too many people. Yeah. Um, it didn't feel cramped though. That's on on until you got on the dance floor. That's when it felt cramped. Mm. But the rest of it was nice. Um, what else do we do? Oh yeah, we went to Sharm El Sheikh, which is a diving spot for those who don't know. Coral reefs, no and one stuff. Knew. So snorkeling no one was knew. amazing. I, I was amazing. guarantee you, no one knew that. Yeah. If we have listeners in Eastern Europe, they would know because that's like their Cuba almost. Oh really? Yeah. Oh, There's that's like cool. That's interesting. Yeah, it was a lot of a lot of people from Spain actually, Mexico. Wow. Um, a lot of people from Germany. Um, yeah. How's your Spanish coming? I assume you practice. It's not. There. It's not. Yeah. <laughs> so you did a I, lot of things, but you didn't do Arabic a lot of things. <laughs> Would have thought. What about Daria? How'd she get on? She actually, she loved it. She enjoyed it. Like her family. Um, so, so they have two young kids. They like cheeks blushed all the time from the heat mm. but they would like right. lather them in spf 2000 every five yeah. minutes um her dad ended up ended the trip looking mexican because he tans he doesn't mm. burn so right. he, he literally ended up looking mexican um yeah. i i burnt from snorkeling too much my my shoulders burnt and i'm starting to peel 
Um, Daria tanned ish like you could tell she got some color she's still super white oh, christ be hard not to yeah <laughs> spending a month in egypt bro <laughs> but yeah other than that it was, it was amazing food good times spending time with family and and seeing some cool stuff so wow, yeah wow. if anybody has some free time go to egypt i highly recommend yeah it. go to egypt i'm not biased your, at all your spare time no hey it sounds like a hell of a time i would have loved to have done all that stuff and now when you come back to One canada day. the gas prices are a thousand dollars and Listen, uh, and it's a thousand dollars. Right? So this went month, straight back to the apple. I don't blame you. because uh, you, you know you, in terms of Canadian well dollars, you know how much a liter is in Egypt in terms of Canadian dollars. Nope, like sixty cents. I almost literally, I almost went wow. back. Bro, what are you doing here? We've shown that we could do this via remote broadcasting. So clearly, if I didn't have work, yeah, I would not be here. <laughs> there's no reason for you to be here, dude. And anyway, the uh, I'm glad you had fun. I can't wait to hear all about the specific details off air but uh and that's where the good stuff comes so you guys mm-hmm. just got a little teaser but um we haven't this is our first conversation in a month so it's like yeah. christ bro how the hell you been i sent you a million memes conversation, i yeah. still have we could have a whole like six hour discussion just looking at the things that i sent you on instagram and awaiting for your, your response too far so they must not have wi-fi in, in egypt because bro christ, i was waiting for I was yeah, and that's just it. I've been and waiting it's, for and it's months not like I for wasn't some of the things. Watching stuff, it's not like I wasn't watching reels or looking at memes. But to go like like I told you, going through message like memes and messages mm. is is a different sport to yep. just flipping through Instagram. And I sent you everything I could. That's how and I kept I in touch with you. I wrote to you it. as my pen pal, and you did not write back, <laughs> and it hurt my feelings. But it's fine, whatever. I channeled hey, no, it I wrote, into. Listen, don't pretend I didn't answer a lot of them. Uh, I did, but some of uh, it is way too far. After home. about at the second two weeks, you started to respond. The first two weeks, those are gone forever. That's a those are in the Mariana's trench of our conversations. I'm a hundred percent sure. That's a pass, <laughs> dude. Can I tell you about the greatest meal I ever made? Please tell me before we get started on our show today. Yes. All right. And I want the I'm listeners to listen carefully for this because I hear sometimes why Master Chef Nate? How do you earn that moniker? Like, what is that? And I'll tell you, it, I'm I'm. And again, this is going to sound as biased as me to saying go to Egypt. I'm the greatest chef that there's ever been. And I, mm. I can't be told otherwise. I really mm. do believe that. Because the, the innate Portuguese ability to be crafty is something that stems in my bloodline as for you with mathematics, right? Yeah. Cooking is to me, you know, figuring things out, it, it, you know, in the kitchen and in little situ- situational problems, whatever it is, comes as naturally to me as the hardest math I've ever seen comes to you. Cause I'm like, can't, I can't do that. That's just unreal. But my ability to cook is the same for other people. Like how the, what do you, what did you see to be able to do that? Mm. And my weapon of choice is often the frying pan. You give me a frying pan, I'll, I'll cook you something awesome. Right now okay. I saw on Instagram, what speaking of, this is the segue. I saw some dude who was trying to go onto the show there with Gordon Ramsay and the other professional chefs and I guess to get on that show, you have to present them with a dish. Oh, that's right? Master Chef. I love Master yeah, Chef. Is it Master Chef? Well, then the irony, the irony is clear here. Master Chef. Yeah. Now, um, if that's Master Chef, then that's great. Shows you shows everybody that I did not get my moniker from that show. I had that moniker before that show became a thing. Whatever. Oh, I will get into it. They named it Master Chef, taking straight <laughs> out of my Master Chef name. Um, this dude presented this dish to Gordon Ramsay, and he ate every bite before the other chefs could try it. And he, Gordon Ramsay said. 
That was effing delicious. I don't know which dish you're, you're right. talking about. You know exactly what I'm talking about. I know, Most I know of the, exactly actually, which dish you're As talking I've about. told people about this, they have seen this clip as well. You know, you know what it is? I watch MasterChef. Like, people see the clip. Right. I watch MasterChef. Like, they, you don't even know, I don't. bro. I just, Australia, I just cook from the, way, the thing. Australia, by the way, the best MasterChef. Don't even come at me. Canadian oh, yeah? MasterChef can suck a dick for all I care. Bro, I apologize Canadian MasterChef nay, though, would win any continent's MasterChef. I'm so sure of it, bro. Because I just... This is the thing. These are professional chefs. This is what they spend their, their lives doing. I will look at what you've created, reverse engineer it like Ebony Ma did with Pim Particles in, in Avengers mm-hmm. Endgame and figure out how to make it at least as good as it was described by the chef. And I did. So you're talking so about went, the, uh, the, the Italian sausage roll, right? That's exactly it. Yeah. I went over to, uh, to Longo's nearby and I just extrapolated from the picture what I think was in that. And it was some sausage, it was something to fry it in, right? On the outskirts, I bought egg roll wrappers, right? Yeah. Um, some veggies that were sauteed and a tomato sauce base. And, and for those of you who are listening to this, like, what does this have to do with footy? As per freaking usual, absolutely nothing. We will get to all that. This is the origins of MasterChef. Season's over, lads. <laughs> That's it. And so I, I reverse engineered all this. I cooked it up so well. And I have, I have a TikTok that I'm sitting on. And I'm like, should I post this? I don't know, because it's not footy related. And my TikTok mm. is exclusively footy. But this is like the little behind the scenes action of me cooking it that Leah recorded. And then on the side, I rolled up a Pillsbury Doughboy with little string cheese on the inside and, and topped it with garlic butter. I love those. I, when I tell you, and I will, rele- I will leak this picture to the public of what this food looked like, there is not a price high enough you would see on a menu and think that it was out of place. You would look at this on any professional restaurant and go, Have all right, you ever put Nutella in those crescent rolls? No, I haven't. Dude, because I, this is this is a, this is the thing. This is why this was a big change for me. I don't bake. I cook. Mm. There's a difference. I do not bake. I do not use batter. I do not use raw eggs. I do not use flour. I do not do those things. I cook. I cr- take ingredients and I make croissants. <laughs> Pillsbury Doughboys was the first experience I ever had with actually baking something by just rolling them up and They're sticking sick. them in the oven for ten minutes. I put, Easy piece. Um, I put cheese, ham, and and mustard in that once. It was amazing. Yep. And then Sounds the great. other time, the other one I did was uh, was Nutella. Yeah. It, like wow. you can't go wrong. Well, we'll try for next time. Do and it. So anyway, what I what I created here was a, was a proper work of art, and it I just had to amazing. share it with you guys. It was I, like shout the out best thing to that has ever been made. Really well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She did. I mean, she didn't. In fact, I'll give her props because she did capture parts of it. She, there was a lot. There was a lot of, of glam shots that she missed because she was working on something while I was cooking. So she got a few, a few of the glam shots. But like the one, I would have liked to have got a shot of like when I opened the oven, you could see the, you know, the mm. the Pillsbury Doughboy rolls in there. I would have loved to have got one of, you know, the sausages sizzling in there, or when I wrapped them, or the sizzle so that I made when a, I was making the crust. Criticized Leah episode. <laughs> Yeah, honestly, like I was a little, you know, it was fine. We made, it was like Falcon and the Winter Soldier. We did okay with the footage we had, but. You're the one who did journalism. Take Go easy on her. It's true. I have a master's of chefing nay, and she has a master's of teaching. So we're both masters. Everybody's a master up in here. That's the moniker. That's how it's earned. Anyway, guys, welcome to the show. I've missed you. Brethren, I've missed you, everybody. As you can hear, Joe is not here this week. Joe's decided to go on vacation himself. He's loving his life as a financial advisor. Uh, and he said, you know what? No, I think I'm going to stay late at the office tonight to contribute even more to this job because of how much I love it. And that 1,000% is not true. The economy thanks you. <laughs> but I miss him and I'm sure he misses you guys. And we'll hopefully have him back in the next few weeks uh, soon because I miss the three of us doing episodes together. But brethren, 
what we're going to talk about today, bros, we're here to look back on some of the things we spoke about this season. Yeah. Having to listen back to some of our old episodes, bro, at times when we get things right, they age so well. Yeah. They're like, oh, bro, I absolutely nailed that. And other things do not go well, right? So uh, what we did in our season you know, preview predictions is we did one bold claim. And I have a few of them here. We're going to talk about some of those. Oh my but God, we would be remiss if we did not start our actual footy discussion with the Champions League final. And brethren, if I threw to you, I would be a total asshole because you did not watch the Champions League final. How can I co-host a show with a guy who did not watch a Champions League final? I was flying back to Canada, unfortunately, at the time. And my flight took off. Sorry, I landed in Canada at like 60 minutes after the game. But thankfully, it was delayed to some stuff that happened yeah. pre-match. I don't know mm-hmm. what, but I heard tear gas was involved. We're going to talk about um, it. But it seems like they were getting Liverpool fans ready to cry. So I'm all for it. As for the name, tear gas. Yeah. <laughs> right. Now, here's the thing. That was the um, joke. <laughs> with the Champions League final, I would love to tell you all about it. Some people think it was terrible. Some people thought it was really decent. Can't be worse than, than the one Liverpool won. No, I, exactly. I, I'm on the side of the ladder. I, I actually thought it was a pretty good match. The... This is one that Joe and I predicted accurately last week when we previewed the show. We, we kind of mentioned some of the talking points and things to look forward to in the Champions League final. And ultimately, we settled on a place where Liverpool do have pedigree, clearly, and they're the better team. However, Real Madrid's midfield and iconic trio here in, in particular, making up the core of this team, is not losing in a one-off final. And yeah. we kind of just couldn't get away from that point. It didn't matter if Benzema didn't have a good game. It didn't matter what the circumstances were. It was that this core could not lose a Champions League final. And as it turns out, we were right. Now, largely because of Thibaut Courtois, almost entirely because of Thibaut Courtois, who had the greatest game of his career that I've ever seen, like Liverpool had all the chances and all the possession. And this is where I can throw to you, even without watching the match. You can speak to the importance of possession versus points, right? Possession and chances do not guarantee you points. And yep. Liverpool fell, fell victim to this. And for as many chances as Liverpool could have had, and they had shots you know, stopped by Courtois, who was on his game like I've never seen, the other side of that coin is that Real Madrid could have had a lot more goals too by ripping Liverpool apart in transition because of how many bodies they were committing forward trying to get this win, right? So speak to me a little bit about the dangers of trying to do that because that's what Liverpool experienced, right? Yeah, well, obviously when you come up against a keeper that's just on his day, it's it's really difficult to win the match and yeah. you have to be so on point. And for weeks now, Mane and, and Salah have both been like just firing blanks mm. and they, they haven't been taking their chances. And these are forwards that typically need a couple of chances within the game to, to get a, a goal. So when you add Thibaut Courtois was at the top of his game during that match, I, I heard he saved like nine, nine shots or yeah. something. Incredible, like just good, good stops too. Yeah. So it's crazy. And like the guy's tall enough to not be threatened by Kanata and Van Dijk's headers because he just comes out and claims it. Mm. (laughs) Because we've seen other other keepers that were just like completely just outbodied by by how big those center backs are. And what I, I, I managed to catch the last five minutes of the game and Liverpool were getting countered so much. And I'm not sure if that's what happened throughout the entire game but it no it was mostly like towards the like, end but those chances yeah. it could have been like three or four just with the chances that that real madrid had at the end right That's and without crazy. doing too much without doing too much of like a tactical breakdown of what happened in the match listen like 
Liverpool were very happy to be the better side in the match. That That's kind of the thing, right? Like, there were times when it felt like possession was 50-50. There were times when possession felt lopsided. But Real Madrid never looked particularly vulnerable. And I say that recognizing that Courtois saved like nine shots on target. None of those seemed like, oh, this is it. Oh, this is it. It was like, oh, Courtois comes up big again. Like you expected Courtois to get the better of the exchanges because he started strong and grew ever more confident to the match. And he's not great with his feet. So whenever Madrid had to play out from the back, it's just not his style. Like he's not very good at that. He's way happier to boot it up. But as a shot stopper, there was not a better keeper in the world on that day for the task that was ahead of them. And Ancelotti walks out of here like a G, right? He's like, bro, I started the season at Everton. I picked up the Real Madrid job and I delivered the Champions League final, right? The, the Champions League trophy and La Liga. And La Liga, yeah. Come on, bro. Never in doubt who's in the bag the whole time. It's hilarious because he started out with Everton. And, and I think he was like, I think Everton fans will be happy now. Um, because because he started yeah. off at Everton and now, at Everton and now he just beat Liverpool in the final to stop them from getting their seventh. That's that's true. That's pretty sick. Like he's called that's poetic. Yeah, it yeah. is poetic. And I don't want to devote too much time to the match because we will talk about the ramifications of it as we go forward. Um, I guess the natural next place for us to go is where it comes to predictions. And I'm kind of going to alternate through these as things we got right and things we got wrong. One of the things that we were dead wrong about in our season preview. All right. So this was all the way back in, in what, August or July. Like it was right, right, right at the beginning of the, the before Chelsea the season started. <laughs> no, it was Liverpool finishing below United. Yeah. And I have yeah, yeah. to mention Super this because wrong. it's, because there's the United side of it and there's the Liverpool side of it. And we're going to start with the Liverpool side of it only because they just competed across every game that they were eligible to play in hunting for a quadruple and walked away with half the amount of trophies that they were supposed to. So brethren, a natural question here is eating our words, recognizing that we thought that they would have fallen off because straight up, we forgot. We forgot how damn good that team was because of all the injuries they had last season. Is this actually an underwhelming season, all things considered? It seems preposterous to say that, but yeah, for Liverpool. Is it an underwhelming (sighs) season? Like I wonder, it's, it's something we can definitely discuss here. Because they were in for the quadruple, but nobody's I'm really say no. in for the quadruple. They I'm still gonna, walked I'm away with a double. They lost, like, two games, and that was their downfall. They were as close to perfect as possible. But they walked away winning the lesser of the trophies that they would have preferred to win. I'm going to say no, I'm, because you have to give them credit. When nobody experienced, nobody expected mm. them to compete for the league as, as highly as they did. Everybody favored Chelsea over them actually throughout mm. like if we actually go back to August that's what people were saying everybody was including saying us. they're going to be including top us. three yeah and we, we had them honestly, <laughs> a lot a lot of that from us is biased but I think even yeah, the, 100% even Liverpool fans were not expecting themselves to, to be this competitive you mm. can always get something in the Champions League but nobody expected it um, them to go down to the last day of the season in the Premier League right. even mid-season when Liverpool we're, we're what, like seven, 11 points behind, something like that. Um, yeah, they were a little they, far behind, but they had a lot of games to catch up come on. Back. Yeah. yeah. So it's all things considered, when you play every single game that you're eligible for, including three finals, winning two of them, you have to give them credit, unfortunately. Yeah. You're right. Uh, and that's the thing, but it is worth debating. And I guess if I have to take devil's advocate side, I will here. I... 
think Liverpool fans will be disappointed that they didn't win more. And, and and that's just it, which like which leads into the question, is it a disappointing season? You're like, well, no, because you know, we Christ, we did about as good as anybody could have expected. However, they were also like two games away. And I say two games away, not one of them against City, because obviously, you know, if City won, it wouldn't have mattered what they did. But that's one Premier League game better and one final better from achieving their goal. I think this is as close as they're going to come to this. I, I don't think that this is this is a realistic possibility for any other season, let alone every other season, because yeah. a quadruple cannot be expected. It's supposed to be an anomaly. A trophy is supposed to be great. Two is supposed to be fantastic. A treble is unheard of. A quadruple is not supposed to be possible, and they were about <laughs> as close as you can possibly get to it without actually winning it. But that being said, they walked away thinking they were going to get you know a Premier League and uh, a Champions League, and and they got neither. It's it's disappointing because they got the two lesser trophies of the full mm, that they were yeah. competing for, and I think that if they had a major trophy, they wouldn't, and, and maybe lost the other one, they wouldn't be as disappointed. And that's no, of course not. you're gonna yeah. everybody's gonna say duh, but right, yeah, you, you still love the two, there's two the two like um, English trophies that you could have won. So right, it's two more than anybody else did. That's true. That's exactly right. Still, the most trophies that anybody else in England got, right? Yeah, we didn't. Get, we got one. Mm-hmm. Well, which one is worth one. more? But <laughs> yeah, which one is worth more? They, they would happily two? trade both of them for the, for the <laughs> yeah. right now. And yeah. I don't think we would trade. So it's like, nope, sorry. So ultimately, I would. I don't know. I don't want to spend too much time on that, but I think it is worth discussing. Um, We're still going to make fun of them, though. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Gonna, absolutely. Do, do you want to get into a little more? what we were wrong about with them? Like, how come we thought back then, try to put yourself in the mind of Mina in July. It, we thought, I think we were so heavily influenced by by recency bias. And Van Dijk's injury. That it corrupted us. Yeah, recency yeah. bias from Chelsea's Champions League success and from yeah. Liverpool's horrendous season, which was admittedly, even at the time, derailed because of injury. Do we just forget how we, strong of a team they were when at full force? We looked at Chelsea and then they added... You know, second in Serie A's goal, most goals, uh, Lukaku, mm. which into we thought their team, work. and then they We're added talk about Havertz Chelsea too. into the team. Yeah, and Havertz was there. Havertz was there. Oh, true. Yeah, he won them the Champions League because he had won the final. But yeah, uh, they added Lukaku, and for us, that was enough to say that damn, they're going to push. And we all know what yeah. happened with Lukaku and Chelsea throughout the season. You can go yep. back to listen to Joe's rants about that. That's and one of our we topics were, today. We were also like, listen, man, Liverpool. This is it. Like they can't compete in in terms of the physicality anymore. They're not that deep, and mm. and Van Dijk, as soon as he gets injured again, they're screwed. And he didn't get injured again. Yeah. So and so they were not screwed. <laughs> in in the immortal words of you and I, across many many years of doing this show, you ready on three? One two three. Whoops. <laughs> That's it, bro. That's all we had. Uh, and then on the other side of that coin, this will probably take up a good t- a good chunk. We, there's a lot of stuff that we got right in the Premier League, but there's a lot of stuff we got wrong. Oh, yeah. And so let's talk about the next place to, to discuss is the other side of the coin that we mentioned that United would finish higher than Liverpool. Again, this was our July preview. Give me a miniature season summary of what the hell happened there for us to be so confident that United were going to be better than the Liverpool team that we had seen the year prior. Never mind, forget the injuries, but the year before that, they got 99 points. Yeah. we. I think we looked at United finishing in back-to-back Champions League spots and adding Ronaldo, Sancho, and Varane and went, mm. nah, it's it's going to go well. Like, right. it, it's it's going to go so bad for Liverpool that even if United is mediocre, 
United's going to finish higher. Mm. Is that and the line of logic that you, that you took? Mm. That's the line of logic I took because I was like, I don't think Liverpool are going to be able to compete at the at the level that they did previously. That's probably the biggest whoops in the entire world. Eh? Oh they my God. Absolutely but we admitted this mid-season. You guys we are, were like, what, listen, man. 57 points? Yeah. We were like, oh, listen, man. guys. This Liverpool team... Van Dijk's gonna get injured again because it's such yeah. a it's such Salah, a burnout. You know he's not ready to come back. We were it's, like, listen, we're Salah so is gonna score, but they have Afcon and they have a lot of African players. Yeah. They're gonna miss out on some games. Yep. And we were like, no, nah, I think they're gonna struggle more than they th- because you right. know Senegal, Egypt, and and Cameroon in their main right. African players. And we were like, no, they're pretty they're important. Miss players. out on some important players, and for for yeah. a while, these are some of the biggest countries in Africa. And we were right; yeah. they all made it to the semifinal. And it just so happened that Liverpool cold. didn't lose those games when yeah, with those with those players away. so well, yeah. and United just disintegrated throughout. The, it just happened to be the worst season United's ever had in the Premier League. Right, and so, so why like... were we so wrong about that? That's just it. Because with Liverpool, I when I listened back to the episode, I said, um, I I did not have you had personally you had Liverpool higher. Yeah, I had Liverpool third and yeah. and United fourth, and the reason I said was. The transfers that United made were fantastic. However, they were also the minimum requirement for them to still competing in the top four, which was wrong because apparently they needed way, way, way more, way more than that. We're going to get to that. Um, but I said Liverpool previously are still better than the team that United have just assembled and yeah. therefore they should finish higher. However, which was I was heavily influenced by the idea that Chelsea would be unbeatable across 38 yeah. weeks because they didn't concede in the Champions League. And... Where that went wrong, and we're going to get to that, was it's always with the circumstance with the asterisks of injuries. Mm-hmm. And their fullbacks were injured, and their fullbacks are the most important piece to their system, right? So we're going to, we can revisit Chelsea in a second, but for United, what went so poorly this season for them? Like, how come we everything. didn't realize how important everything went? Everything. Zero goal difference, nothing bro. Went right. Nothing no, went nothing right. went right. How did we, how did we have the, the glaring, you know, non-foresight, what's the antithesis of foresight, to not see how important their midfield absences were compared to the other top teams in the league. Because, bro, we didn't realize it until then, even though we had spoken about it all of last season, this midfield cannot cope with the pressures of the, of the league around it, right? And we could not anticipate Maguire's season. We could not anticipate Shaw's right. season. We could not anticipate, obviously, the midfield, like you said. And we couldn't anticipate Marcus having the season he's had, mm. or you know the the unnamed other teenager that that did. Or Bruno did. step off, yeah, you know. So so it's like a managerial so change. But we did things. anticipate there'd be a managerial change. We, we, I think we, we just thought, yeah, we said it would be the, it would be for the better, and it and it wasn't. <laughs> yeah, we thought they would they would so appoint someone full time, um, right, mid season in the managerial change because I I think we both knew that Solskjaer wasn't going to finish the season. Yeah, of course. Um, I had been climbing but, for but the m- fact months that, and years ahead of that. Like, Christ, get this guy out. The fact that Rashford didn't contribute double-digit goals and the fact yeah, that... Almost anything. You know, the, the other guy didn't finish the season. Yeah. And it was, and then you were just relying on, on Ronaldo because Cavani played whenever he wanted to. Like, that right. alone. Like, you're missing 30 goals between a fit Rashford and a, and a substitute Cavani. And that alone puts you on a much higher goal difference than yeah. we finished with. And then add to that um, Maguire's, Maguire's situation and Varane's yeah. injuries throughout the whole season and Pogba's injuries throughout the whole season and then just the whole club capitulating from top to bottom. That was, that was just like, we couldn't anticipate that at all. 
So, so answer wrong. me this. Were we wrong or premature to sack, to, to say that Ollie deserves to sack? I still maintain that it wasn't the, that we were right to say that. But hindsight being 2020, you guys were probably better off keeping him. I, though at the time he was sacked, he was so beaten and withered and like tearful because you had just been absolutely destroyed in like back to back to back weeks by the two best teams in the league and then Watford. And it was like, all right, Christ, (laughs) like get this guy out of here. But however, that being said, Ragnick pressed for like two weeks. And then after that, it was just like, oh, the dressing room lost its mind. Everybody lost their mentality. Tactically, everybody was trash. Like there was no good chemistry on the pitch. Everybody knew they weren't good enough to be there. Like every possible thing that could have went wrong with the exception of the only thing that didn't go wrong is that Ronaldo was fit the whole season. Had he picked up an injury, bro? You guys would have been 10th. Here's here's where I sit on this. I think um, Solskjaer was was right to be sacked when he got sacked. I think yep. that that had to change. I don't think keeping him would have sure. ended up in a much better situation. Um, and Ragnick, to me, was good behind the scenes in terms of the changes that were made above him, but mm. was awful in terms of the coaching. And it makes sense when yes. you look at a guy that didn't have coaching experience in the last 10 years, but right. only has had football director experience in the last 10 years. Yeah. So no wonder those changes will be a lot better than the ones we see on the pitch. I think mm. he was like, at some point, he he realized that top four was not going to be possible with this group. So he just went, fuck it. Let me just, fi- let me just have the CEO or the new chairman. Because you remember, Woodward stepped down yeah. after December. So... I think he just went, listen, man, like these are the people that need to go and we need to get Ten Hag in. Don't get mm. Pochettino, just get Ten Hag. And sure, Champions League failures didn't help that. Yeah, they didn't much. help. And then he left, like, bro, because he didn't even take up left. the role he was supposed to. He just said, that, right, that, was, announced, this, that was announced two days ago. And, and I, I just watched yeah. uh, Hilarious. Fabrizio Romano's video about that or why he left. It was like, yeah. there was going to be too many differences between him and the board and he upset right. the apple cart enough by by just literally yeah. like exposing everyone and probably ten and management too. included yeah that it was I'm gonna sure be ten like, Hog was like i don't need you here bro like yeah, i it was it was I gonna be this. too difficult like, like he's already yeah. too big of a personality ragnick's too big mm. of a personality as a director like yeah it, there was gonna be too much clashing of heads so it i i think it's disappointing but if it, mm. if you look at it from that sense where it's like ten hog versus ragnick just, just let the guy do his work and and talk right. to the board about who he needs to sign. I don't think you need to add another layer to that. So right. in terms of like just showing us how how much of like annoying little prats all these players are, I think it was good. I think in terms of showing us how incompetent the board is above him, I think it was good. Mm. But obviously that on the pitch speaks for itself and it wasn't good enough. Right. At the time, I said that this would be a bold prediction. Looking back on it, it doesn't feel like it because it just feels so like naturally that would be true. But at the time that I said it, it wasn't when I said Spurs finish higher than United mm. because that was at, in December, right? When we were doing, or January, when we were doing our, every, like predicting the rest of 2022. When Conte was appointed, yeah. Yeah, Conte had been had been in the throne now for a few, for a few months almost at that point, right? Like he came in in, in what, September, October? And at that point, when we were looking at the midway point of the season, I'm like, yeah, he this this team is going to finish fourth. <laughs> and and I, you and Joe kind of went, okay, I still like it. But the hotter take might be that United is, right? And that was the whole point, was that it was a bold prediction. Um, if we spend a little... I think Conte little... squeezed in because 
because of Arsenal being Arsenal. Which, yeah, which okay, again, so we can talk about that too. Conte has I, to win. I, like Spurs have to win. Um, Twenty dollars today. Okay, I mean, by the way, listen. Like I, I don't so think anybody talk about TJW was right. going to say. Only our Arsenal fans. Only today, Arsenal fans said Arsenal's finishing top four, and they all went. <sighs> yeah, but you know what? They <laughs> were damn close. Week, like had me had me jittering my teeth there for a while. I was like, Yeah, I'm gonna have to cough up my twenty bucks here. Was gonna was gonna finish top four. I think we said Arsenal might not finish top six. <laughs> yeah, but, exactly. Um, but then when I I took the bet for they won't make top four, and I was nervous at times because mm. I was like, Damn. I, I don't yeah, know. You spent Are they going to? six weeks nervous? I did. I well, no. I spent like like probably like thirty because for the first like oh, month the first, they like sucked, the, yeah, they, right? Like, and then and then when they hit that kind of like skid in form, just as they were peaking, I was like, yes. <laughs> like again, and it wasn't that I wanted Arsenal to not get top four. It's that I you really wanted really money. wanted this twenty dollars from an Arsenal fan. I just thought it'd be so nice. Um, but anyways, kind of talk to me about this about this battle of North London as we did. Did their seasons go more or less as expected? Because at the beginning of the season, I was very wrong, right? Like we had done our we had done our preview at the end of match week one when we predicted the rest of the season. And it was after Arsenal had just lost to Brentford. And we kind of predicted I don't remember what you did, what you said specifically, but I remember saying that they would be finishing in like the, the mid-table range, like somewhere between eleventh and ninth, maybe, maybe as high as eighth, I think I said. Because if they couldn't turn up for the first game of the season against the newly promoted side, what benefit of the doubt should we be giving them to then thrive across 38 weeks? And to be fair, they did grow into it a lot. So they made me eat my words at times. So they did better than I anticipated at the beginning of the season, but ultimately still came up short compared to what they probably should have accomplished. Mind you, a lot of what we say is based on health and they sustained injuries. Now, Luckily for me, my built-in argument was, no, health is what's going to cause them. Their squad is paper thin and they're competing once a week. And now even next season, they're going to be competing. Like they need way more depth. But for this season, it was a good bet by me, bro. Because I was like, no, even with like, they will, these players will be injured because their, their squad is too thin and they weren't competing on several fronts. And they still ended up missing out on top four. They probably overachieved from where I thought they'd be, but they still missed out on that's, that's where the they probably point. thought they could. That's the key right? point. They overachieved on where I thought they'd be too because I think I had them like seventh or eighth with mm. Spurs finishing in fifth in the Europa League positions. Right. So they, well, we were wrong they on last both, teams, both teams overachieved like, yeah. in, in what I expected them to do because Spurs yeah. got top four and Arsenal got fifth, obviously. So they finished mm. higher than United, which is something that I didn't think would happen. I could, you know, you could sometimes always rely on Arsenal to, to like, just awesome lit it up and they still yeah. did it but it, it was it wasn't enough to put them below United right so I think all in all they should be happy with where they finished yeah mm. there's leaves a sour taste in their mouth because they didn't get top four when they right when they were a shoo-in for so long right but then again Spurs Arsenal and United were kind of like hot potato here here's fourth here's fourth yeah for exactly. the whole season Nobody until Arsenal it. sustained a little bit and Spurs just kept on matching them Right. Until Arsenal slipped up and, and then Spurs were just sat in the empty throne. So, do you attribute, is, you know? as, as we move forward to other ones, one thing we were both very wrong about was Leicester. But I think a lot yeah. of people were very wrong on Leicester this season. Like everybody had high hopes for what Leicester would be able to do, and they didn't. 
Um, do you attribute that more to like deep rooted issues or to injuries? Because they lost some of their best players for large portions of the season, as did a lot of the teams that we put that that underachieved by the standard we thought they'd be at. Right? I think Leicester's a well run club. Um, mm. They just updated their their um, their training ground and everything, so they have the resources. They have the the finances for their level of a club yep. but injuries cost them and deep runs into europe cost them right yeah fair and and to be honest part of our predictions as we say it, it depends on fitness as we go forward it will have to include is the squad deep enough that they can cope through injuries when there is a lack of fitness and obviously mm. you know wesley fofana blowing out his achilles or his acl or whatever right at the start of the season totally derails a prediction because you can't predict yeah. that but it's that we kind of have to anticipate, like, should the squad suffer injuries to crucial members of its of the team, will they still be able to cope? And, and Leicester, the answer was no. Like, yeah. they were really, really not. They were horribly, horribly underwhelming. And now they'll probably lose those players because of it, right? Like, Leicester will likely now sell the the Fofanas of the world or the Ndidis of the world because now they're, they're right. almost, they're I don't want to say an to. afterthought, but it's like, when Leicester are finishing in the bottom half of the table versus when they're finishing fifth, does the value of those players change? I would argue probably. Kind of right? yeah. Um, one other thing that we want to mention, I still have a few, but I have to give you props for this here because you said from the beginning of the season, AC Milan. Hey, yes. Champions of Italy. You predicted yes. this. Now, I don't know. Do you, and I'll let I'll let Let's you kind go. of kind of talk about this because I want to ask you: Did you actually predict this, or did you go different? Because when I was listening to the episode, Joe and I both predicted that Inter were the better squad, and that Inter at the end of the season would be the ones to lift uh, the Scudetto. And you said, "I don't know. I think we're going to go AC Milan." Tell me a little bit about: Was that more of a gut feeling, or was that more of a rightful prediction based on something that you saw? One hundred percent gut feeling, but backed by. I thought there was going to be too much unrest in Inter because of the mm. the, the players that left, that right. they weren't going to be able to figure out the same form as mm. well as Conte leaving. Right. I, yeah, they had the better squad, but I think they had more turbulence within the club and within the team. Right. And my gut feeling just said, just go with AC Milan. And it was close. Like Inter pushed hard. It was damn close. Yeah. It was, it, it was a four-point gap when we made the prediction and Inter were on top. And it was a four-point gap. I believe it was a four-point gap on the last day of the season that AC so, Milan yeah. were on top. Right. So, and to be fair, a lot of things went well for you in your argument. Mm -hmm. Right. Part of it was the turmoil that happened at, at, at Inter. Part of it was that Rafael Leao became a superstar. Part of it was, was that Fikayo Tomori was so sick of me calling him Canadian on this program. He was like, <laughs> I need to get called up. We are winning this damn league. He still won't. <laughs> and he, he, he did actually for the qualifier, no. but for the World Cup, he still, I know. And I had, and there goes my theory, bro, because if you remember for a long time, I, I had the theory that the reason he wasn't getting, getting called up was because I had convinced Gareth Southgate, who listens to the show, that he was Canadian and that he was not eligible to be called up to the national team because he was Canadian. And so Southgate went, oh, okay, he's not English. I think I my theory still holds that. true. Which because is? I think Gareth Southgate does not watch football outside of England. Oh, we know and that. He's only, That's a heard of that. he's only heard of Fikayo Tomori because he won the league. With, yeah. With oh, 1,000%. Bro, yeah. 1,000%. That's not even a prediction. That's a spoiler. That is God's truth. That is absolutely <laughs> gospel. Um, the other things that we predicted, and we're going to go through them, because again, these are kind of fun, right? To look back what we got right, what we got wrong. We got... Oh, there's a few things we could talk about. Um, we could talk about City. Now, at the we time say? we were predicting that, well, you said Chelsea would win the league. I backed City. 
even without Kane. City yeah, got yeah, it done, which is fantastic. However, we we all predicted City to win the Champions League. Mm. You know, the season ended up being extremely competitive, but not as competitive as we thought it would be with the team that we thought it was going to be, because we thought it would be neck and neck with Chelsea, not necessarily Liverpool, but it would be ultimately that three-horse race. It, it wasn't. It was very, very comfortably a two-horse race that really went down to the wire. And in the Champions League, City didn't get it done. Now, have we spoken since City got knocked out of the Champions League? I don't no, think that we, we have, have, right? Like, you've been away for so long and I, I, didn't, I never even I never time. even got your thoughts on this, bro. Now, if you're going to come back and start calling me a bitch again like Joe did, I'm like, hey, stop <laughs> it. But I do want to hear your thoughts because, I mean, City City didn't achieve what they were supposed to again, right? I think Pep needs to wish Yadatori a happy birthday. I think that's what he needs to do. Yeah. It's the African curse? Yeah, I think that's what he that's needs That's what's still do. doing it? Because oh, that man. guy on your left shoulder, right above your left shoulder up there, just got it done. And I'm not talking about Bernardo or Frank Kessie. It has to be. I was going to say, yeah. Like the, I rearranged my jerseys a little bit. Yeah. The guy, the guy like was so lethal and he got so lucky. King Kareem, by the way. In case so people many... don't know, we're talking about oh, the, yeah, the Ballon d'Or yeah. winner, the 2022 Ballon d'Or winner. You might as well announce it now. Kareem Benzema. They should have given it to him on the pitch. We all know. <laughs> yeah. What, what with, are we doing? With guys? the Champions League. Like here, yeah, Marcelo, you can lift this trophy and here yeah. you go, Benzema. This is your Benz problem. lift that one, yeah. Because it was, very, it, it was already true. in Paris anyway, so it, it can be, yeah. wouldn't have been too long. No. It, it, he just was so lethal. You can't give yeah. him half a chance and City gave him so many chances. And I don't understand what the hell happened and how you capitulated this much, but it was it was like 5-1 five, five, on... Five, what was it? 5-1 five, on five. aggregate? No, uh, no like six, until, until we, they, before they won. Yeah, something like that. Yes, it, it, was, it was crazy. Well, whatever they beat us three one at home, and that's what sent them. Well, through. there you so, go. Yeah, what, reverse engineer that. I guess we beat them what four two, and then so we it was like five so, yeah, three. Four, yeah, it was five four, three two, on aggregate. Five three, something like that. I don't five know. three on aggregate, We're not and then they scored three goals to take it to six five, and it's ridiculous. It was, uh, Zach Steffen, man, I don't, I don't know what he, what he was thinking of. Like that was, that was crazy. Zach Steffen, why Zach Steffen play? Wait, what am I thinking of? What did Zach you're Steffen thinking do? of the you're thinking Carabao of the, Cup. the the Carabao? Carabao no, Cup. we didn't play Carabao Cup final. That was uh, what was it? FA the semi final of the of the what FA Cup. I... We've been yeah, spoken I mean, so Zach... long, Zach Steffen. Listen, too. there have been a lot that, of city meltdowns. Too, I, I don't too. even blame you. There have been a lot that was of city a meltdown meltdowns as well. Like that was that was crazy. I can't yeah. even remember which one it was. But no, I listen. Benzema, That's why we do this frequently so we can get our flow. I feel like our flow is off because we haven't spoken for so freaking long. My flow is off as well because it's like for a lot of these, it was like, here, let's catch a game while. You know, while I'm on Doing vacation, stuff. yeah, yeah, and and like I didn't watch, a, and and I'm thankful for that. I didn't watch a couple of the last United games uh, because I was they frequently doing other stuff. But man, yeah, like, can, can you tell us? Because I don't think Pep had had it wrong. Like, I don't think he got it wrong. I just think that like Madrid turned into some gear, or like they turn on the nitrous or something, and they just yeah. managed to score three goals. And this is what I was telling Joe. Like, you know. There, I think there a question needs to be answered here. Listen, nobody remembers who finished the second, right? Like mm. we can think back to the last few years and probably remember who played in the finals. But when you think back, like who won the Champions League in this specific year, you, you could tell, you know who won the league. You don't yeah. know who finished second. I think that when we look back on this era in history, we will look back at, we won't remember the time that Bayern or Liverpool or Chelsea won the league intermittently. We will remember when 
Real Madrid won five out of eight Champions Leagues. Oh, yeah. And that dynasty superseded everything else in football, even if they didn't win it for a few years. Right? It's that we will look back on it and be like, City didn't win, but of course they didn't win. Look who they were playing against. And it was, and we will be able to tell stories, but yeah, but City had won like 98% of the match. You go, yeah, that's the point is that, is that Real Madrid could be losing for 98% of a match and still come out on top. Why? Because it's the greatest core ever assembled on a pitch. Right, like this nine team of their players refused to lose. Record of like five Champions Leagues. That's insane. Yeah, that's the core of the team. That's the thing. Like people don't realize. Like that core is those players, right? It's it's Benzema. It's uh, that midfield trio Modric, in particular, yeah. Modric, Cruz, right? Casemiro, Marcelo, exactly. Marcelo, Nacho and, Carvajal, and Carvajal, Isco. Like all these players are part. Bale. Like all these players are part of the squad. And ultimately, sure, it might have been like the four of them on the field in particular. And even Courtois on the day, but unanimously, almost together in footy, we kind of collectively agree that the best squad in Europe is Liverpool. The best squad in Europe is Chelsea. Or the best squad in Europe is City. And Madrid beat them all. I couldn't Madrid believe Madrid beat Vinicius, every Vinicius single one of them. Line. I couldn't believe what he did to your back line. That was insane. Well, yo, here's the thing. Okay, there was a lot, a lot of the match. Pep, Pep even said he's like, we were so in control of the match that it didn't even stir up the the interest or the thought to be like okay we have to go kill this game off and go play yeah. in the corner to try to draw the time he was I like the agree. game's done like we've won this already and then momentum boom madrid win and they go through they just kind that's of precisely what pep like why pep keep putting keeps pushing his teams that's precisely yeah. why like that's why he's made the team so ruthless because right you cannot sleep in football and he's playing no. in the in the premier league where that happens frequently yep where teams just cruise thinking that they're gonna like win the game and then just boom 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 all of a sudden you've lost yeah. to brighton 3-2 because you didn't play for the, until the end of the game right and, and, and that's exactly and, what happened to city and listen we have to eat our words with with what we said about real madrid because we didn't have them winning the champions league either no but you know what we did do what we asked the question when no one else asked the question when everyone said no nah, no nah, mm. this madrid's quite like that's not it it's obviously gonna be one of these teams we asked the question, and thankfully, brethren, thankfully, you took the side saying that Real Madrid are not an actual European threat this season. But when I asked this question on January 24th, my birthday, and we recorded this episode, and I released, the, I released it on YouTube a few weeks after that, the question was, are Real Madrid a, an actual European threat this season? And it was a debate episode, and you took no, and I took yes. But didn't which I take no? Master Chef Listen, Nate no, no, Santos. No, 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 I'm not giving you that. Didn't I take no? What do you because mean? I was like, didn't I take no? Because I was like, you're more of a Real Madrid fan, so I'd like it. Yeah, exactly. More of a yes. Yep. Okay. That's exactly so that's okay. So that that's that's generosity. a win for me, bro. That's we can check the tape. The me. tape says has Master Chef Ney saying yes, they're an actual European threat this season because of this core and X Y Z. All the but factors. I could have easily just went yes, but I was like, no, you're more of a Madrid fan. Exactly, yes. bro. It's okay. Default wins are still wins, brethren. That's the thing. Possession Listen, doesn't bro. win points, bro. Listen, what bro. wins points I'll, is points. I'll check the tapes for stuff that you did for, just to play devil's advocate, and I'll make you Do look it. silly as well. <laughs> Dude, hey, Joe and I did it. Joe and I actually did. Do you want to talk about being wrong? Joe and I did an episode, not an episode, sorry, but one of our debate questions. I'll let you finish your water before I even lay this one on you. Saying, will Frank Lampard make Everton a top six side? <laughs> Thank you for letting me finish my water. That would have been dangerous. So we were nowhere. And it wasn't for this season, obviously. It was understanding that like they would climb up the table. <laughs> Wait, Everton. Yes. Joe, for sure. Because Joe's the child, oh Joe's the, the Lampard guy, right? So I he I, I think he, he had to have. 
Listen, because there's no way. I, I mean, maybe I Eric did, Cantona I can be managing Norwich. If you ask me that question, I'm still saying no. Yeah. Uh, listen, like, but the thing is, at the time, Everton were not as in danger of relegation as they were. And we were horribly wrong on Everton Man, as well. Man, season was awful. It was terrible. And we were so wrong to think that it'd be better. And Christ, when we do the episode, like, we have to really take this into consideration when we do our preview for next season. Because we got to think about all these little details. Because, bro, we were Rafa not Benitez close. definitely a spy, though. He was a spy. And we said that he was going to be a spy. We, we 100%, 100% predict that. We, that we did predict. We did predict that he was a spy and that yeah. it was not going to go well if like things did not go well, like it would become very, very quick that having Benitez in charge, if they weren't succeeding, would set the club into ashes. Might as well and have like freaking Kenny Dalgleish manage United instead of Ten Hag. That's the equivalent. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly. Yeah, might as well be. Oh, man. Which is Michael oh. Richards rocking up to Ultra. <laughs> and then the yeah. suit. Could you imagine, bro, wouldn't that be something? Maybe if he lost a bet. I'd love his press conferences though. That would be amazing. It's, yeah. They would be, they'd be, I would love like, to see what those look like. Hey, Michael, what do you think of your captain, um, Harry Maguire? And he'd just laugh. He'd just start laughing. He would. would bro, amazing. what an infectious personality that guy has. Uh, listen, we could go back and forth about the, the millions of things because that's what we do here, right? We have the nerve to actually say things, not just, yes. you know, we and if hide. we're right, great. And if we're wrong, fine. Like, we have been like, both. The, like, do Newcastle become the next PSG, guys? <laughs> we talked about well we did some what if scenarios we did talk yeah, about newcastle did. newcastle didn't really count because they had the the takeover i'm glad so they survived kinda, though that that's that's it yeah it they also the just hired the guy from we were very um, harsh on arsenal this year though oh yeah I mean, we were very harsh on arsenal the, in fairness to us we, we, we did not give them true. a lot of credit a lot of things are always true we're going to be harsh on liverpool and on arsenal and that's yeah. that's just how it goes and and spurs as well because you have a, a hatred for spurs they're the so, worst bro yeah. oh disband them i remember when i made that petition to disband tottenham hotspur i still can't believe you did that anyway bro it's got the pettiest of, thing <laughs> it was it was so petty but it was so damn funny and i had I had more signatures than I had sent it to, which means people found it. It wasn't very many. Like, I'm sure Tottenham are not going like to disband people because did it. 13 yeah. people signed it. But Christ, those 13 people, by their own will and volition, said, yeah, that guy's got a point. Screw you, Tottenham. Let's disband. We could go through transfers that we were wrong about, right? Or, or contract scenarios or even things like, there are so many things, dude. I, I don't want to get into all of them because I want us to just have some time for some final thoughts. Are there any other things that you maybe thought about this season or didn't think about that you just want to mention at the end of the show here? Yeah, I didn't think Ronaldo would score as many goals as he did. He had okay. as many league goals as he did uh, in 2009, which is when he, he like he was insane. That was the last season for United. Right. Um, that's when he won the Ballon d'Or. So that's crazy. That 37-year-old Ronaldo scored the same amount of league goals as he did when he won a Ballon d'Or. His first. Did he? Yeah. Wow. They only scored, what, 18 goals that year that he won the yeah. Ballon d'Or? Well, it's because of the goals in Europe. Oh, well, sure, but yeah. God, I thought it was more than that. All right, fair. And um, what else did... Uh, I didn't think I'd go to Old Trafford. That was just a personal thing, just beyond pretty cool. the football. Yeah. That was cool. It yeah. uh, happened to be the worst season United have ever had in the Premier League, but I went to a Champions League match, so it's okay. <laughs> yeah, and they won, right? Well, no, they drew, but we were top of the they group drew. anyway. <laughs> They were top of the group, and I don't even want to say. <laughs> I still got the kick. They I don't drew. even want to what? say who scored. Uh, oh yeah, that's true. He was against what? Against young, young boys, boys, right? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, we're not going to talk about that guy. No. Um, man, what other things? Oh, there, there was, was a question on the desk for sure. Yeah. 
Wolves disappointed me. I didn't think Ben Mee would be managing Burnley for a couple of weeks. That was crazy. <laughs> yeah, I don't think we predicted. Actually, oh, speaking of which, Sean actually, Dyche getting sacked. Yeah. Another thing we got right was the EPL relegation. Now okay. you you were more worried about Brighton than I was. I had Brighton more of a comfortable like mid to low table type of place. But I did say, and you can check the tapes. We both got Norwich and Watford as nineteenth and twentieth. We everybody on planet Earth mm. knew that those two were going down in that order. But I said I think Burnley are going to be the last ones, and I freaking nailed it, bro. Nice, well done. Got him. Those I always trusted three. in Sean Dyche, but that that was that was madness. Mm. One question I forgot to ask off the top. Um, was about Liverpool when we were talking about them. I asked whether or not it would be it was it would be considered a disappointing season. But another question to ask here, and this is kind of coming full circle back to Liverpool. Will this Liverpool side be remembered? And I mean from this specific season. Because they ended I up getting a domestic will... double with two cups. But they were they were the quadruple side. They were the side that's supposed to get all that. What do you think? I think they they'll forever be remembered as Stop within the Liverpool fans as the yeah. ones that are like the the streets will never rem- the streets forgot like how how good this team was like you know right. you know those ones yeah people people today don't remember how good this team was something like that yeah and, <laughs> and um, for anyone everyone else they'll be remembered as the team that had an open bus tour for the two domestic trophies <laughs> that they won sorry the two domestic cups for a that they won. Yeah, that's how they'll be remembered for rival fans. And it's going right. to be hilarious because they're talked about as the greatest team of all time. And they've won mm. one Premier League trophy in the last 30 years. Yeah, exactly. Bro, come on, get that garbage out of here. Um, other things that we probably didn't foresee, Luis Diaz coming yeah. in and tearing yeah, up good. the league. Coutinho going to that's something Villa. I was, that's something I was wrong about, to be honest. Like, I'll, I'll own up to that. Like, I didn't think he was going to be as good as he was, but that was... Mm. A very good signing, uh, all things considered. He didn't light yep. it up, obviously, but yeah. for a couple of weeks he did. And yeah, I, I, it's not a it's not a like a, a weird thing to say that he's gonna slow down, which is what I said. But I think he was gonna. I, I think I said something like he couldn't even get into a shit Barcelona team. I don't think he's mm. gonna be as good as everybody's saying. But he right. was he was a very positive signing. So that, I'll, I'll own up to that. Yeah. And his value, like his quality for his value, they paid like 20 mil for him. Mm. I was like, that's a bargain. Because Barca bargain, paid yeah. 180 four years prior. And two of the seasons he spent in Germany. So <laughs> come on, who, who did the better business here, right? Um, one thing that I got right, because I spoke this into existence for two full years. Mm-hmm. And you know where I'm going with this. Is it uh, my boy it to a Norwegian guy? Yeah, it does. Yeah, Erling, mother freaking Holland, joining Manchester City, bro. And that's for next season. I get Congratulations. it. But it's already been done. It's done and dusted, baby. We got this. TJW podcast rightfully predicted in 2019, Erling Holland's going to Man City, and he did. I'm just wishful thinking. Right <laughs> yes. Exactly. So speak but it into existence. Yeah. You can will things into existence, man. Yeah. Clearly, I've just proven it. Anyway, there's so many there. I wish that we could go through and like listen to old episodes and just listen to to our line of logic for some things. Because I think a lot of the things that we said at the time were very true, right? But mm-hmm. and this is a quote I once heard, which was like, "As the as the facts change, so too does my opinion." Right? Yeah. A lot of things we might have been a little bit hard on, 
a lot of things we might have ignored, but a lot of things we, we, we nailed. And I'm proud to say another season's in the books and TJW comes out on top. We're still here, baby. I think we we're nailed that uh, Atleti wouldn't be as good as they were last season. I think we, we got that because mm. we did the, the we did their uh, rebuild saying they need to change something or else it won't be as good of a season as they, they right. wish. Yeah. And same with Barca, right? Like we, I had predicted Barca weren't going to finish in the top four. That yeah. I was wrong I about. Said that. No, no, you were with Joe. You said that you think that they oh, would okay. finish because you said it's a hotter take that they would given how bad they were. And I said that the other teams are going to be better than them. Now, okay. ultimately, Barca closed ground on the rest of the league, but their, their point tally behind Madrid never got any closer, even with the win over them. So... Let's see for next season, right? Mm -hmm. Our next few episodes are going to be so many transfer things. I can't wait to do those. Those are my so many, yeah. Transfer got to get uh, Fabrizio Ah. time to warm up. Literally, bro, his Twitter has been firing for I don't even know how long. But guys, this has got to wrap it. Is there anything we missed, brethren? Final thoughts? I don't think so. I I think I touched on all the points I wanted to touch on, including the open bus tour of the two domestic cups. (laughs) Um, That I'll never let them live down. Right. Um, but uh, that that's it. That's it. Honestly, it it was great to be right. on the other side of the uh, or or just on the neutral side of another final day of the season mm. um, finish. So that was very entertaining. Yeah, you know what happened on the last day of the season? What city wanted again, bro? That's what I'm talking about, man. And yo, you know, we had criticized Pep on his subs. But the subs came on and made that mm-hmm. damn difference. And Man City won the freaking Premier League again because those are the boys. Anyway, <laughs> apparently, apparently, uh, the city administrators are like, "Yeah, we need we need to freshen things up this offseason," which is hilarious because they're expecting a few more signings on top of Erling Holland and Julian Alvarez. However, freshen things up means sell some and recruit some. So I'm excited to see what the city departures are as well as who they're bringing in. But I think the idea is, City no do not love the competitive nature of the premier league no and they're like listen we're getting 95 points ish and still almost not winning we need to be getting 114 points <laughs> who can we go out and sign to do that and i am here for it bro i can't wait to find out fantastic that's it, I, i'm excited to see what happens in the the landscape of european football next season me too we're in for one hell of a transfer window and we're going to be here to talk all about it each and every week, ladies and gentlemen. We hope you enjoyed episode number 145 of the Jersey Wall podcast. As always, I've been your host, Mr. Nathan Santos, aka Master Chef Nay. You can find me on Instagram at the Nathan Santos and everywhere else at Master Chef Nay, including on YouTube for special bonus clips and uh, video features of the podcast, as well as on TikTok, where you can find TJW Bites, the fastest growing hashtag in the history of the internet. Brethren, 275,000 views. What? On TikTok, bro. Your boy's blowing up. The one of just the wall by itself has like 100,000 of those views. I left Canada. Pretty. That was at 90,000. Well, bro, hit That's almost 200,000 more since then. So the boy's been cooking. Anyway, brethren, where can we find more from you? You can find me on Instagram at mina.gali98 and uh, on Twitter. I'll follow you back if you can find me. Boom. Guys, find the Jersey Wall podcast on instagram at tjw podcast and thank you so much for tuning in each and every week we absolutely love you we look forward to bringing you more content every single week we got one exciting summer ahead of us 
We hope you enjoyed this week's episode. We love you. We'll see you next time right here on the Jersey Podcast, baby. Woo!